Bibles with me to the book of Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. And we're going to look at verse number 11 through 14, finish off the book of Romans. In Romans 13, starting at verse number 11, it says, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up. Everybody say, wake up. From your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissensions and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today. Father, we worship you and we praise you. And Father, we thank you for this brand new year that you brought to us and you allowed us to live into God. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being in your, your house here today. There's many places that many of us perhaps would be if it had not been for you. But because of your grace and your mercy, we're here, God. And Father, I pray that all of us that are in this place, that we realize it's time to wake up. Father, it's time to allow you to do what you want to do in our lives. Father, we acknowledge we need you here today. I acknowledge it, God. And I pray that you would speak to and through me to your people, God. And all of us would wake up this morning from our slumber and we'd be ready to do battle and to do your will, not only throughout the remaining aspect of this year, but all the days of our lives. We love you and we praise you and we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Obviously, the title of my message is it's time to wake up. Many, perhaps, physically speaking, aren't here this morning because many weren't able to wake up. I would like to think and imagine that they weren't able to wake up because they were all here at church until 1, 1.30 in the morning. But I, I believe that that's not really the case. Perhaps some that should be here today are not woken up this morning because perhaps, I don't know about you, I got a hangover, but it's not the old kind of hangover. I got a hangover because I'm drunk with some new wine. I got a hangover because I've been partying with the Holy Ghost all night. I got a hangover because God has done something in my life. I'm not hungover because I was at the club to 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm not hungover because I was getting high all night no more. I'm not hungover because I was drinking until I passed out and woke up in my own vomit. I'm hungover because we had a Holy Ghost party and we were able to be in the Lord's house having a good time. How many can say praise the Lord? But it's time to wake up. I have a kind of humorous illustration. You may like it or you may not. But on New Year's Eve, a man was in no shape to drive. So he sensibly left his vehicle parked and walked home. As he was wobbling along, 
He was stopped by a police officer. What are you doing out here at four o'clock in the morning? Asked the police officer. I'm on my way to a lecture, the man answered. And who on earth in their right mind is going to give a lecture at this time on New Year's Eve? Inquired the officer sarcastically. My wife, slurred the man. Yeah, I bet he was going, how many of you guys can say amen? He was going to get a lecture because he should have been at home with his wife. He left his wife home with all ten kids. And he went to the nearest bar and got drunk till he couldn't drive no more. But thank God that we don't live like that no more. Thank God that we don't have to go home to an angry wife or an angry husband because we were out drinking all night. Thank God that we don't have to worry about that because if you are a man or a woman of God, I pray and hope that if you weren't with family and friends doing the right thing, at least you were here in the Lord's house worshiping and praising the Lord with the body of believers and grateful that God has brought us a brand new year. See, the old year is gone. It's a done deal. Whatever has been done is done. Whatever uh, heartache that you went through last year is a done deal. Whatever you were battling with last year, I hope you don't still bring it to a brand new year and do battle with it all this year. I hope that you slayed the giants of 2011 and you're ready for some new giants in the brand new year of 2012 because the old giants should have been slain already. How many can say amen? But it's a done deal. Whatever we fail to do is water under the bridge. But it's time to think again. Rearrange some things and get our act together. Anybody need their act together? Anybody say, you know what, man, this is going to be my year. This is going to be my year. I'm not concerned with everybody else. This is my year. I'm going to get personal with God this year. This is the best year that I'm ever going to serve the Lord. This is my year. This is the year for my family. This is the year for my marriage. This is the year that my kids are going to get saved. This is the year that I'm going to get that promotion. I'm going to get that breakthrough. I'm going to get delivered. I'm going to get healed. This is my year. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? This is my year. So whatever we failed to do last year is water under the bridge. It's time to get our act together. It's time to wake up. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Tell them. Tell them like you mean to wake up. See, in 2012, we need to do some things differently. See, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over, but expect different results. I'm not insane no more. Wasn't there an old school song, Insane in the Membrane? I'm not insane no more. I'm not intoxicated with anything but the Holy Spirit now. I'm not, I'm not crazy no more. I'm not losing my mind no more. I'm not insane. And I'm not going to do the same thing that I did last year. But I want to do some things differently. I want to grow just a little bit more this year. I want God to change me a little bit more this year. Oh, I want, I want, you know, some new things this year to happen in my life. I want some good things. I want some blessings upon my life. I need God to reach down and touch me this year. I'm not insane. I'm not doing the same things that I've done last year. The things that worked, I'll continue to do. But the things that didn't work, it's water under the bridge. I'm not going to do them no more. If they brought me more harm than good, why do them? I'm not going to keep bumping my head. 
I'm not going to keep, you know, tripping over the same sin. I'm not going to keep letting my emotions get the best of me. I'm not going to keep letting my feelings get the best of me. But I want God to do something new in my life. I need God to raise me up and use me at a complete different level. I want to grow leaps and bounds. I want my prayer life to be more powerful. I want to study the whole word and show myself approved. I want to be a man or a woman of fasting. I want God to bless my marriage in a brand new way. I want some things differently this year. We should want to please God more than ever in this brand new year. I don't know. They say there's all kinds of stuff out there. I don't believe none of it. That, oh, the world's coming to, the, to an end in 2012. 2012. I'm still here too. Amen, somebody. Huh? I know it looked a little foggy and a little smoky. I didn't know. I thought I was in California. It looked like there was fog everywhere when we woke up. Even when we went home last night, right? It looked a little foggy out there. I don't know what it was. It was like sin in the air. I was like, man, maybe Jesus is coming back right now. But I, then, I, then I shook it out. I was like, it don't matter. Let him come. I'm ready to meet him face to face. I ain't got nothing to be afraid of. Because I know that I'm going to wake up in glory. And I know that he's going to tell me to enter in. I know he's going to say those words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I know that I have joy that is everlasting. But they say that the world's coming to an end. I don't believe it. But if he does, so be it. Amen. I don't believe it's going to happen this year. Because a bunch of crazy people that are insane. Believe it's going to happen. I don't believe it. But if it does, I'm ready. I'm ready. You got to be ready in season, out of season. So we need to do some things differently. We should want to please God more than ever this year. Anybody want to please God? Anybody, you really, really want to please God? Man, you want to just bring pleasure to God. How many guys are, are parents? You're a parent. You got kids. Look at all those hands. How many guys feel good when your kids bring pleasure to you? You feel good, like, man, I'm a proud parent. Like, man, that's my son. Oh, well, my son played football, you know, especially when he was in Pop Warner and he used to get all the MVP trophies. And he won state and linebacker, one of the state linebackers in the whole state of Arizona in our region this year, just a couple of weeks ago, amen? I wish he played his whole high school years, but when we moved from California, we got here, he was like, it's too hot and I ain't playing football. He crushed me. I was like, man. There goes my NFL scholarship, amen? There goes my college scholarship. There goes my ticket. It's all right. I'd rather have him be a man of God in the future than any football player in this world. I'd rather have him serve God and become a pastor, a youth pastor, whatever God's will is. But he got awarded. Me and my wife went. He got two awards from his school. Two awards, and one of them was linebacker and he got you know not not like they have uh division one two three or whatever he got like the top ranks as far as linebacker he got more tackles than, than most linebackers in the whole state of arizona and you know he, he did real good they not just his school recognition but his region the whole region of the state of arizona and they took you know they gave him this award and i got him in my room amen somebody <laughs> but he brought pleasure to us 
And I don't know about you, the same way that he brought pleasure to me. I want to bring even much more pleasure to God this year. I want God to look over and say, oh, that's one of my chosen ones right there. That's my son right there. That's my daughter right there. And they bring me pleasure. They make me feel good. I'm a proud parent. That's what I want to do with God this morning. How many of you guys can say amen? In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 9, it just reads, so we make it our goal to please him. That should be all of our goal, part of our goals this year. Many of us, we make all kinds of New Year resolutions. We want to lose weight. We want to do this. We want to get a raise. We want to finish our education. We want to work on our marriages, our, our, our parenting skills, and, and all those are good goals. But one of the goals that we should make, it should be in the forefront of our list, should be our goal to please Him. To say, you know what, this is my goal. I make it my goal in 2012. I want to please my Heavenly Father. So, so we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. That should be our desire here today. That should be one of the top priorities on our list. We should be able to say, man, this year, I'm going to bring more pleasure to God this year than I have in my entire salvation. I want to please my Heavenly Father. This should be our goal this year. But how can we please God in 2012? Well, the first one is we need to get more spiritual. Get more spiritual. It, the time of just playing church is over with. The, the, the time is now that we need to get more spiritual. The time is now to get serious in regards to your relationship with God. The time is now that we say, you know what, man, I'm not just going to come to church, but I'm going to have church, and I'm going to worship God, and I'm going to grow with God, and I'm going to praise God, and I'm going to thank God, and I'm going to serve God with everything that I got. I want to get more spiritual. The time of being a, a cheerleader is over with. It's time that we get in this life called battle. And we do battle with the enemy, with the flesh, and the world. And the only way that we're going to come out victorious is if we get more spiritual. This is a spiritual battle that you're in. If you're wondering, why is it difficult to serve God? Why is it hard to serve God? Because you're in a spiritual battle. You can't see the enemy. But just because you can't see him, don't think he's not there. He's there and he wants to take you out by any means possible. He'll hit you where it hurts. He'll hit you where you never thought of. He'll hit you in ways that you never dreamed of. But it's okay if you become a spiritual giant. You ain't got nothing to worry about because you already are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Get more spiritual. In the book of 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 17 and 18. It says, therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard. Be on your guard. In other words, be ready. Be alert. Stand watch. Wake up. Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. But grow in the grace and knowledge. We have to grow in regards to our relationship with God. 
Don't be happy with just salvation. Don't just say I got fire insurance. Don't just be satisfied and say, you know what? At least I gave my life to the Lord. If you gave your life to the Lord, then you need to serve Him with no holds barred, with everything, with reluctance or reckless abandonment, I should say. You serve Him with everything. You, you dive in. You don't just wiggle your toes in the water. It's time that we dive in and we get deeper with God. It's time that you pray harder than ever. It's time that you study more than ever. It's time that you fast more than ever. So you and I can become more spiritual. The time of just coming and just cheerleading is over. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? How are you putting work in? How are you getting busy in this battle called life? How are you building the kingdom of God? How are you serving God? Serving is action. How are you doing in regards to your action and your help in the building of the kingdom of God? We need to get more spiritual. We don't need more cheerleaders. There's plenty of them. We need more foot soldiers. We need some more warriors. We need some more intercessors. We need some individuals that want to be on the front line and want to do battle oh, for the kingdom of God. It's time to get more spiritual. It's time to stop playing games and get serious. This world is coming to an end. I don't know when, but it is. And I want to do as much battle as I can. I want to reach as much people as I can. I want to be more ready, as ready as I can. I want to tell as many as I can because I want to make sure that when he does come back, I'm not, he doesn't come back and catch me on the sidelines, but he sees me doing battle for his honor and for his glory and reaching individuals for his kingdom. It's time that we get more spiritual. We all need to grow in grace and in the Lord more than anything else in this new year. We need his grace for living. We need grace to endure trials. Grace to overcome obstacles. Grace to make it another year. We need grace. While most are infatuated with Hollywood stars and rappers and singers and, you know, those icons, whatever you want to call them. We need to be more infatuated with the Lord, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. See, want, many want the best of both worlds, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. And some choose the world over Christ, the King. However, we need to get more spiritual in 2012. What do we need to do to get more spiritual? And what do you need to do to get more spiritual? I think all of us have things in this life that hinder our spirituality. But how many guys know this is our year? There's a lot of things, there's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of things that hinder us and slow us down. But I believe if we refocus and we stay focused throughout this year, this can be the best year yet. This can be your best year yet. Not only as individuals, not only in your own family, but as a collectively, as a church. This could be our best year yet. We're barely starting four years of ministry. And I believe that God wants to do some great things this year. But in order for that to happen, we've got to get more spiritual. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse number 1. 
I'm going to just break some of these verses down throughout my message, just, and it won't be long. But in Hebrews 12, 1, I like this verse, and I preached on it not too long ago. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off. Everybody say, throw off. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders, everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. That word hinders, you get the definition of, of everything that gets in the way. What gets in the way from you becoming that spiritual giant in the faith? What gets in the way that stops you? What, what blocks you from becoming what God wants you to be? Is it yourself? Is it the person next to you? Because how many guys know our spouses can become our God? How many guys know that our children, our babies, our careers, our bank accounts, our very lives can become our God? What hinders you? Is it yourself? Is it your spouse? Is it uh, your child? Is it a grandkid? What is it that hinders you? Because we've got to throw it off. We can't allow it to get in the way of the words. We can't allow it to stop us and get us off course. But those things that God gives us, whether it's our spouse, our children, our grandchildren, our jobs, our careers, our very lives, we're not there to worship those things, but we're there to worship God, that God gave us those things. The blessings of the Lord. God didn't give them to us that they would take precedence over Him. He gave them to us that we would be even more grateful to Him. That we would be more thankful to him. That we would love him just a little bit more. Uh, we, that You know, God, I'm thankful and I'm grateful that you gave me my life. I'm thankful and grateful that you gave me this job. Oh, I'm thankful, though I don't feel it all the time, that you blessed me with my children. Oh, how dare me. Shame on me. Shame on us. If our spouse, our lives, our kids, our grandkids, our jobs, our careers get in the way of what God wants us to really do. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That word entangles, in other words, makes it complicated. What complicates things? Is it complicated? What complicates? What entangles you? Because we have to, you know, get rid of that sin that complicates. How many guys know sin brings complication? Sin. What sin complicates your life? What sin is making things just a little bit more difficult? Because that sin is so easily will complicate your life. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The sin that so easily entangles us. Most of us know what's hindering our spiritual growth and we need to throw it off. Two girlfriends were friends, not girlfriends like that, amen? Two friends were talking at a New Year's Eve party. The talk got around to what their resolutions would be. I'm going to start a diet to get rid of all these extra pounds I put on over the holidays, Karen said. Good, Denise said. I'm ready to start a diet too. We can be dieting buddies and help each other out. When I feel the urge to drive out and get a burger and fries, I'll call you first. 
Great. Karen replied, I'll ride with you. Amen. <laughs> See, many people think in terms of getting fit for the new year. Dieting, exercising, biking, hiking, lifting weights. And this is fine if we can stick with it and do it. We could use better fitness as well as our health uh, could be better. How many can say amen? Our bodies do belong to the Lord. However, are we missing something that's even more important? It is our spiritual fitness. It's our spiritual growth. In the book of 1 Timothy 4.8, it reads, For physical training is of some value. Don't get it wrong. It is of some value. But godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and this life to come. See, your physical fitness only does something for you the here and now. Oh, but spiritual fitness not only helps you out in the here and now, but it helps you for all eternity as well. It, it helps prepare your future. It builds rewards up in heaven. It's more rewarding for you if you're more focused this new year in your, your spiritual fitness. In 2 Timothy 2.5, it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. See, do you want to be blessed this year? Two of you. Do you want to be blessed this year? Then we need to pray more, praise more, study more, serve more. We need to get more involved. Getting spiritual is more than just going to church one time a week. It's getting alone with God each and every day of our lives and grabbing a hold of the Word of God and dissecting the Word of God. It's grabbing the horns of the altar and praying to the, the King of Kings and the Lord. It's getting alone with God every day of our lives. It says, do your best, our best to present ourselves to God. We're a gift that we're going to give to the Lord. We're presenting ourselves to the Lord. He purchased us. And we're to give ourselves to the Lord. But we got to do our best to make sure that we're presenting one that is approved of God. And if you want to be blessed this year, you need to get more spiritual. Have you been on your knees lately? We all need this time in order to get more spiritual in 2012. We need to get more spiritual. Number two, real quick, is reach more people. We need to reach more people. How many guys have family members that aren't saved? How many guys got friends that aren't saved? How many guys work with people that need to be saved? <laughs> How many live with somebody that needs to be saved? Amen? Wow. You're like, man, when are they going to change when you start preaching to them? When are they going to change when they see that change in your life? When are they going to change when you start being that, 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 that living epistle, that walking testimony of what serving God is really about? When you are able to show them what this Christianity is really about, not really tell them, but show them through your action and your lifestyle. We've got to reach more people. We know the Great Commission in Matthew 28. 
In verse number 18 and 20, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey. Everybody say obey. Uh, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, we know the Great Commission, and we know what we should do, and that's reach more people for Jesus Christ. The first people we need to reach for Christ is our own children, grandchildren, and family members. And do you know what, what speaks the loudest to them? Not our preaching, not how many verses we can recite or quote, but our actions. They can see right through us. They know if we're truly living the faith. They know if Christ and his church are really important to us. Our faith, attitudes, and actions can't be hidden. We've got to really, really begin to reach more people. We've got to really, really say, you know what, man? This is the year. If we were to just reach one family per month, not 20. I don't need you to bring 20. Yeah, if you could, do it. Praise the Lord. But if everybody, just as a church, I'm talking about all of us together, one family, just one family per month. By the end of this year, there would be no room in here. One family, just 12 families. Because if they're Hispanic, how many of you guys know they have about 10 kids? Amen? <laughs> hey, but I'm learning brothers and sisters ain't no different. Amen, somebody. Uh, Caucasian ain't no different either. Amen, somebody. Alan ain't here. It's all right. <laughs> He's next door teaching our kids. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. But we just multiply, amen? We, we get that part, right? Where in the Old Testament, in the beginning, God said to multiply. We, 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 got, that, we got that down. We multiply. Boy, if our spouses ain't got that surgery, we still be multiplying. We multiply. We got that one down. But we got to reach others for the honor and the glory of God. How many of you guys believe that this year we can fill this place up for the honor and the glory of God? How many believe that you can reach your family for the honor and the glory of God? Your co-workers, your boss, your neighbors. How many of you guys believe that we can fill this place for the honor and the glory of God? Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord some praise and really act like you believe it. Just one family a month. Just one family a month. That's it. Just one family a month. Let's do it. Just one family. January. Today's the first. Let's focus our attention. And you know what? The sad thing about it is God brings the families here. He brings them. They're in the house. They come. We have guests and visitors that come weekly. But we got we to gotta reach them just because they come through the front door. We got to make sure the back door is closed. Lock, throw the key away, whatever we got to do. And we got to reach them for the honor and the glory of God. And we got to build his kingdom and fill this place for God's glory. We can do it. We can. Just one family. Just one family. If we reach just one. Now, if we do more than one per month, praise the Lord. But at least one family per month. That seems so simple, isn't it? So simple. But we got to be willing to do it. I'm not trying to grow a church overnight and have overnight success. Because overnight success is just like a one night wonder. 
Boom, they do this one song and they're no longer to be found or heard of. I don't want to be like that. Okay, boom, we blew up overnight and we're no longer to be around. But I want us to have lasting success. I want us to have an eternal impact. I want us to reach people, especially our own family members. I got family here that I've been trying to work with and trying to get them back into the church. And how many guys know, man, when the enemy has them in there in his grasp, it's hard at times. See, they can escape from my presence. They can run from my church, but they can't hide and escape and run from my prayers. All I got to do is keep praying and believing and battle for them. And one day they'll be here once again. Got to reach more people. There's a lost and dying world out there. There's people that are hurting like we once were. No, not all of us were gang members and drug addicts. But there's a lot of lonely people out there. A lot of suicide. You heard Ray? I never even knew that before. But he was wanting to kill himself. He wanted to take his own life. What would cause a man or a woman to want to take and end their own lives? I'm here to tell you what it is and who it is. There's an enemy of our soul. And he would love nothing more than to see us in eternal damnation. Separated from the love of God. And there's many more like that. There's other rays out there. There's other Sammies out there. There's other individuals that are out there that are hurting. That don't know there's a way out. And we have the answer. We have the cure if you may. We have the solution if you will. And that answer is Jesus Christ. But what are we doing with Jesus? We've got to reach more people. got to reach them. The first people, like I said, we need to reach is our own children, grandchildren, and family members. members. We have to reach them. Beloved, we can't hide our faith in Christ if it's real or genuine. We can't hide it. It'll, it'll shine through. Your light will shine. It'll shine through to people. And it must come through if we're to reach more people for the honor and the glory of God in 2012. And lastly, number three is serve more faithfully. Faithfully. Many of you guys are still here and you've been here throughout the year. But like I said through our giving illustration is we're up and down. We're up and down. Do you know that, that, that we're the bride and he's the groom? Do you know that you're literally married to the Lord if you're a Christian? If you accepted him, if you believe in him, if you're serving him, you belong to him more than you belong to your spouse. But we got to be more faithful. We can't be up and down. We can't serve him one day and then go out and do what we used to do the next day. We got to have consistency. You know what? That's our, our word for the year. You want a word for the year? You want to get deep? Be consistent. That's your word. Consistent. Consistency. Sometimes we do good for a few months and we fall back off. Sometimes we do good for six months, even a full year, and then we fall back off. I got tired in the first year of serving God like that. I got tired of, of going back and forth to my home city. I got tired of going back to my, my hometown. I got tired of going back to the connection. I got tired of going back and doing time all over again. I got tired of being the devil's puppet. I got tired of him telling me, okay, you gained your weight back. Now you can come back over here. 
I got tired of him pulling my string and me becoming whatever he wanted me to become. I got tired of living like that. I got tired of living defeated, strung out, beat up. I got tired of just existing and not even really living life. And it wasn't until I decided to serve more faithfully. In the book of Romans chapter 12, verse number 11, it says, never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Fervor. You know what fervor means? It means extremely passionate. We need to be extremely passionate. We need to have enthusiasm. We got to be able to, to have that, that word fervor means to have an intense heat. In other words, fire. Do you got fire this morning? Do you have passion? Do you have excitement? Do you have enthusiasm? Is there a fire in your soul that's burning today? Is there zeal? Are you lacking in zeal? Have you tapped into the well that doesn't run dry? Are you excited for a brand new year here today? Is there any fire in you? Do you got some passion? And say, I can't wait to see what God is going to do in my life this year. Got to be excited. Especially if you come to church, you should be excited. You should be excited. You should be passionate. Man, you should be on fire knowing that, man, I get a brand new start today. Today is a new day. Last year, I might have got beat up all year. But no longer this year. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new year. And I'm going to make the most of it because I'm going to be passionate about what God has in store for me. got to serve more faithfully. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Let me ask you a question. How's your serve? You may say, I don't play tennis, pastor. I'm talking about your service unto the Lord. How are you serving the Lord? We all need to improve our serve. Why should we want to take it easy? I don't understand. People have been serving the Lord for three months. Oh, I need a break, Pastor. Thank God you don't tell your job that. Amen? You wouldn't have one. Well, I've been serving the Lord for three years now. I need a break. I need a break. I need to take some time off. Yeah, that's what you need. A breakthrough. Amen, somebody. I need a breakthrough because I'm tired of just living life like this. I'm tired of just merely existing. If you're on fire, you don't need a break. If you're passionate about serving God, if you're grateful, if you're excited, you don't need a break. If you got that spiritual fervor, if you're, you're, you're focusing on maturing as a believer, you don't need a break from God. Why would we need a break from God? We don't need a break from God. My brother, brother Jesus said we need a breakthrough, not a break from God. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. So how's your serve? How's your serve? We don't need to take it easy. We can do that in heaven. We'll have rest in heaven. We need to work while it's day. We need to serve any way that we can. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse number 15 through 17 it says be very careful then. Everybody say be careful. Be very careful then how you live. 
not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. You know, there's opportunity here today. We have opportunity. We have opportunity like never before to really leave a mark here, to leave a lasting impression, to leave an impact, to leave a legacy. We have an opportunity. You only have one life to live. Yes, you're going to live for all eternity in heaven, but I'm talking about here on earth. You have one life to live. Make the most of it. And I'm not saying just better yourself. Yes, better yourself, but also make sure you fulfill God's will for your life. Make sure that you strive to say, you know what, man, I want to do all that God created me to do. I don't want to waste the opportunity that God has given me. If his purpose was for you to just get saved, as soon as he saved you, he would have took you home. He left you here. You're here for a reason. What's that purpose? What's that reason? What's that destiny? What's that calling? What's his goal for your life? Not only this year, but every year and every day of your life. What is it that God left you here to do? Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Do you know what the Lord's will is? Do you know what his purpose in your life is? Do you know why he left you here on earth? What is his will for your life? And not always we want his will. I didn't always want to be a pastor. I didn't want to leave everything I left to come here and start the work of God here in East Phoenix. I didn't want his will. Sometimes I still don't want his will. But it's not what I want. It's not according to my will. But it's his will that he has for my life. He left me here for such a time as this. That you would hear the very words that I'm speaking this morning. But do you know what the Lord's will is? Do you understand what the Lord's will is? What is his will for your life? What is his will? See, I have a kind of like a, a saying, I guess you could say, that I came across. And it's in regards to the new year. And it reads that during the new year you may have, or may you have, enough happiness to keep you sweet. Enough trials to keep you strong. Enough sorrow to keep you human. Enough hope to keep you happy. Enough failure to keep you humble. Enough success to keep you eager. Enough friends to give you comfort. Enough wealth to meet your needs. Enough enthusiasm to make you look forward to tomorrow. And enough determination to make, it e to make each day better than the day before. Lord, please help us to use the 8,760 hours of this year, of 2012, to be the wisest, to live the wisest we can for you and for your glory. Why don't we all stand? 8,760 words, or 60 hours. 8,700 in 60 hours. We don't even have that many left. The clock's already ticking. The time is already running. Time is already passing us by. How is this year going to be different for you? 
If we don't wake up, spiritually speaking, it'll be no different than the year before. The only difference will be from 2011, that one on the very end, it'll change to a two, to 2012. How will this year be different than the year before? Are you going to get more spiritual? Are you going to reach more people? Are you? Are you going to get more spiritual? Are you going to reach more people? And are you going to serve him more faithfully? Think about that. Are you? Are you going to be determined? Because the enemy is just not going to lay down and let it happen. Are we going to play church just another year? Are we just going to cheerlead on the sidelines for another year? And watch God reach other people and bring other people in and they're going to pass us by? Are you going to still sit there and critique others while you should be up here doing perhaps something else than what you're doing today? Are you just going to cheerlead and sometimes it's like you're cheering against us? Or are you going to get into this game called life and this battle of life? Are you going to roll up your sleeve and say, you know what, man, I'm determined this year. This is going to be my year. I'm going to finish the home this year. I'm going to graduate the home. I'm going to become a better husband, a better, a better wife, a better father, a better mother. I'm going to become a better man or a woman of God. I'm going to grow in my spiritual aspects of life. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to study more. I'm going to witness more. I'm going to serve more. I just want more of God just this year. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to see people saved. I want to see our church grow. I want to see family members delivered. Or is it just going to be another year? Is it just going to be another year and just, just going to exist just another year? I'm just going to be here just another year. It's time to wake up. Last year is gone and it's time to please the Lord. It's time to get more spiritual, reach more people, and serve more faithfully. However, these things won't happen unless we make them matters of priority and stop being distracted with other things that have no eternal value. It's time to wake up, church. Victory Outreach East Phoenix, it's time to wake up. We have an opportunity. We can really make an impact in this city, in this world, for the honor and the glory of God. But we're not going to do it if we're slumbering and sleeping. We're not going to do it if we're just here. We're not going to do it by just watching the parade go by and watch life pass us up. We're not going to do it by just saying, oh, 2012 is here. Okay, it's, I don't have nothing to look forward to. No, we got to say, you know what, man? This is my year. I am going to be different this year. Yes, if I want to lose weight, I'll lose weight. That's good. But I want to even do more than just lose weight. That's the number one resolution in the world. Is everybody wants to lose weight. Another one is everybody wants to stop smoking. If you're here, you shouldn't be smoking anyways. Another one is everybody wants to stop drinking. If you're here, you shouldn't be drinking anyways. Shouldn't be cheating, drinking, smoking, sinning. Shouldn't be doing none of that stuff. But we should say, you know what, man? I want to get more spiritual. I want to reach more people. And I want to serve more faithfully. How many of you guys want to do that this year? Anybody? Anybody want to do that this year? Let's just pray. And if you're serious about that, 
these altars are open this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray, God, that all of us desire, God, to wake up this morning. Father, I pray that all of us desire, God, Father, to be more spiritual, God. Father, that we would get more spiritual, that we would reach more people, that we would serve more faithfully. Father, I pray that we would, Father, desire to make a difference this year. Let us stop being, God, sideline soldiers, God, but let us get into this battle called life. Let us stop cheerleading, God, and let us roll up our sleeves and let us get into this battle, God, called life. Let us become all that you have called us to be. Let this be our year, not only as individuals, but as a church as a whole. Father, we want to get more spiritual, God. We want to reach more people. We want to serve more faithfully, God. This is our year. We claim it right now in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord. If that's your desire, these altars are open. Amen. Bibles with me to the book of Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13.